welcome everybody to Who's Your Band? I am joined by Sean Morton. I'm Jeffrey Paul. This is Sean Morton. How are you, Sean? Jeff, I'm very excited about today. Very, very excited. Yes. Busy weekend for you, huh? Busy week. Well, both of us, we both worked our asses off this weekend. Yeah. It's a good you, thing. You were with one of our one of our past guests. I'm, you know, actually, two of our past guests. You yes. were with Terry McNeely and Mike Keegan. Yep. It was a fun show. It's we called it the uh, it was myself, Terry McNeely, Mike Keegan, and Carl Okerson. We called it the three patriots and a socialist. And that's the <laughs> that's the tour how we're going by. We're not saying who's who, but you could figure it out. But when you when I when you know who's on that show and you look at the condition that Sean's in now, I am shocked. I thought you know I didn't I didn't know if you would even be alive for this show. Listen, let me explain something to you. There is wonders behind the uh, powers of CBD gummies and Tylenol PM. It, it it gives you a good night's sleep. It does. All right. Let, enough of this dumb preamble. Yes. Um, exactly. Let's yeah. <laughs> let's get on with this because this is a first for our show. Listen, we have had rock musicians, we have had pop stars, we've had athletes, we've had politicians, we've had uh, you know plenty of comedians. But this is porn stars. We've had a porn Australian porn stars. But yeah. on but today, but today we are blessed with our first chef, and we'd like to welcome to the show Chef Cara DeFalco. How are you, Cara? Hi, guys. Good. I'm good. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be the first chef on the show. Yeah, yeah I'm is- very happy about this because I am. Uh, let's just say, at five years old, I was a hundred pounds, so I <laughs> like food. <laughs> I do too. Yes, <laughs> but this is the one show. I mean, we've been doing this show uh, on Zoom for about a year and a half. We started the show like in a studio and it was great, mm. okay? Uh, the nice thing about Zoom, you're able to get guests from all over the world, pretty much. Right. But this is the one time now I wish we were doing this live in studio. Oh yeah. I'd be barking demands of what I want to eat. <laughs> I was gonna say, because you want the cooking demo. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> why, why else book a chef? Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I, I understand, I do. So tell us a little bit about you. What what kind of chef do you, you know uh, are you? What, what kind of restaurant do you back work in? Back it up. Back it up. Where'd you okay, get your training? Yeah, so, Where'd you get your well, training? And, and I will say, I I um come at everything that you know to be a chef from 180 degrees in a different direction. So uh, with training, you had asked about. So I I like to say. So basically, I am an Italian kid from Jersey. I like to say that I am a graduate of Nonna's Kitchen. Uh, I was very blessed growing up well into my late teens and early 20s. I had two grandmothers and a great grandmother, plus my mom, all who could throw down in the kitchen. So that's how I learned to cook. I just grew up cooking with women who cooked. I mean, my mom did three square a day. We did Sunday dinner as a big family, all holidays, everybody's birthday. We were at my grandmother's house rolling fresh pasta, you know, trays of the stuff out on, on the beds in the guest room off the kitchen kind of a thing. Uh, so that is my uh, my informal culinary training, if you will. That's, listen, that is basically me in a nutshell as well. <laughs> it really is. No, it really is. Because I, I grew up in an Italian household with my mother and my grandmother, watching my grandmother cook every single day. And then like, do you, now here's the question. Now, when you're cooking now, do you look back in hindsight and realize that maybe your grandmother didn't cook uh, as good as you thought back then? I never think that they didn't cook as good as I thought back then. I think sometimes 
now that I've learned more from other chefs that I have worked in a restaurant, I see maybe some more efficient ways to do things. Mm -hmm. Um, and that sometimes even now, like I'll look at my mom and I'll be like, you are making this far more difficult than it needs to be. Right. Yeah. I have like (laughs) memories of like my, uh, my grandmother was like the, you know, the glue of the family and we always still like, you know, relatives will still talk about the Christmas Eves, you know, and all the holidays and things like that. And they would always say, yeah, I can remember walking into your house in Union city and we would have a tray of eggplant, like fried eggplant, but it wasn't that good. And it was just really high or like she would make sauce every weekend, every weekend, but it was burnt every weekend. (laughs) There are things and I never actually experienced this, but there's stories of like my grandmother, um, probably like the more traditionally American dishes. So like turkey on Thanksgiving, for example, she was always really concerned about uh, like salmonella or like some other disease from the church. So she would literally cook it to like the cavity caved in. <laughs> she was just, you know, so like that was always the thing. But, you know, she had these other things that she did exceptionally well. I mean, she, her cream puffs were amazing. She would make this regatta cheesecake for Easter that was to die for. So, I mean, you know, it's, I think it's always a little hit or miss. And and then I love to be able to take their recipes um, and kind of recreate them, like I said, with what I know now, um, even swap out some ingredients sometimes. So I'm also, uh, a certified integrative, uh, nutrition health coach. So I, yeah, so I did a a program there just kind of learning, you know, how food impacts the body and, and, you know, how we can really kind of use it as medicine. So I try to incorporate some of that into the stuff I do. Um, and then professionally, I actually have the only Emmy nominated cooking show on YouTube. So that is, um, where I do my, most of my work. That's fantastic. Yeah. The problem with, Italian grandmother cooks is you can't get a proper measurement. No. Everything is a, a pinch of this, a, a a little bit of that. You know, they, they take a, a handful and throw it in. It's 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 yeah, you 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 can't kind of replicate their their recipes a hundred percent. Yeah, it's it's definitely been one of the challenges of doing my own show. And um I, I the example I always used is meatballs. And I remember being in college with a friend and my girlfriend and I decided we were gonna make meatballs one weekend. And for whatever reason I couldn't get a hold of my mom. So I called my grandmother and I was like, Nan, what do I what do I put in the meatballs? And she's like, Oh, you know, a little cheese, a little breadcrumb, and yeah. some uh, you know, some parsley. And I was like, but as I said, I was like, yeah, but Nan, how much? And she goes, when it smells right. And I was like, when it smells right. So true. That's so <laughs> true. That's the problem. Yeah. Carrot, I mean, I make it, I make a dish the same way. I have a special dish that I make. It's a pasta dish, and it never, <sighs> ever, ever comes out the same exact way because it started off making like a basic puttanesca sauce, right? But it was okay. anything that I had in my refrigerator. So I would take like, you know, green olives, chop them up, garlic, basil, uh, Roma, little cherry tomatoes, chop them up in quarters and then reduce it down into uh, like garlic olive oil. So that way it would just reduce all the way down till it became sort of like a ragu itself. But it never comes out the same way. Right, because you're always you knew so much about sure, cooking, Sean. <laughs> Have you seen me? You think I just eat fucking Wendy's all the time? Yeah, like, I, I, right I, th- I think you go through a crave case. I think you consider that good gourmet dining. No, I don't consider that gourmet dining, but I will tell you what is very good. Fruit slices from nuts.com. I will tell you that right now. It's the best thing. I'm but, totally addicted to it. I am going to become a diabetic by Thursday after eating these things. They're Maybe we can get him to be a sponsor on the show. Why do you um, think I just did that, Jeffrey? <laughs> Yeah, you're you're always a step ahead, Sean. Yeah, you're good. Sean, see, Karen, Sean is as sharp as a spoon. Uh, okay, and so this he won't get one passed on us. Um, Karen, tell us a little bit about your show 
on uh, YouTube. And how did you get an Emmy nomination from it? Yeah, so I came out of the world of, and I actually am still in it to some degree. So some of the other work that I do is in uh, radio and TV broadcasting in the New York metro area. Um, so started the show really kind of as a, a side gig, a hobby. How long um, ago? You know, five years ago now, five and a half wow. years okay. ago. Okay, wow, that's a, that's a nice run. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, you know, and just wanted to kind of share recipe. People are always calling me, you know, how do I make this? I know you, you know, I know you know how to do it. Or do you, even my cousin, you know, do you have Nanny's recipe for such and such? And I, I have all these cookbooks with the, you know, the notes and the margins and things like that from them. Um, so it really just kind of became an idea to, to put everything A, in one place that everybody could access it. So that's the website. And then the YouTube channel was really just because video was always my, um, my favorite medium, you know, I really enjoyed kind of doing things that way and being on camera. Um, and so we were able to kind of start, you know, shooting just their little five minute videos, just simple step out of by your step, own kitchen? you know, out of my own kitchen. Oh, we use my mom's kitchen actually, cause she's, just cause it's a bigger space. We can set up more stuff. <laughs> Very um, and yeah, and we just kind of started rolling them out and it was literally a, you know, let's, you know, throw the spaghetti against the wall and see what sticks kind of a thing. <laughs> so um, and then with the Emmy nomination, like I said, coming out of broadcast television, I knew the process to submit your work for nominations. And so um, after we were about two, three years in, um, you know, I, I knew that we were producing good enough work that it was worth it. And so I, I submitted us and we got the nomination. That's what amazing. You ship like um, it's, you know, it's not mind blowing. It's really not. But we've got just such shy of about 6000 subscribers on YouTube. Um, we're close to 7,000 on Facebook, Instagram. I've been working on that's a little closer to like 3,600. Um, you know, but they're, they're watching, they're listening, they're commenting. So, you know, we have pretty good engagement, um, for those numbers. So it's been, it's been good. Listen, it's almost time for Rachel Ray to hang it up. Have you ever thought about maybe going, you know, the syndication route? I would love route? to. Yeah, no, I would love to be be on a network or a streaming service or something like that. That's definitely, YouTube is really always kind of intended, at least for me, was intended as, uh, you know, the 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 best broadcast reel around. So, you know, when when the right person, the right producer stumbles across it, you know, hopefully they'll be like, oh, you know, this, this girl, we think we want to put her on TV. Hey, listen, Justin Bieber was found on YouTube. He was, he was, you know, you never, you never know, you know, people don't understand like what kind of work actually goes into being a working chef and like how demanding it really is, you know, cause my nephew is a chef too. And I mean, there's, there is literally times I haven't seen him in a year Yeah, because of the weird hours. I mean, cause you're working, you know, if he's working from three in the afternoon to, you know, 12, one o'clock in, in, in the morning, you really don't have a life, you know, yeah. and for you to be able to pull that off to do, to be able to do a chef and to be able to have a, you know, a really well done cooking show on top of it. It's really, it's, it's a, it's, it's a compliment to you as well. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Well, and, and it wasn't something. So for me, the weird hours was always the thing. And I was doing um, weird hours in broadcast news. So we would also have similar days where, you know, the, the shift was 2 PM to midnight or, or like you said, or vice versa. I did a lot of years from three 30 in the morning until one in the afternoon and then would go home and shoot the show, things like that. Um, so, but it was never that I was, you know, the weird hours, yes, but I wasn't simultaneously working in a restaurant and doing the show. Okay. I shouldn't say that. I did. I worked in a restaurant for about two years while we were shooting the show, but that was, it was a weird part of life. It was actually right before the pandemic. 
Um, I was actually kind of in between jobs and working at my friend's restaurant just to kind of keep busy more than anything. Any uh, prep goes into uh, like uh, preparing for like a show like that. Um, and, and just, just like in general, it's, you know, um, it's a lot on the, uh, kind of the, the production and the, the mental end of it, because, you know, you don't want to be repeating yourself and repeating recipes. Um, and you don't want to put out anything that's so complicated that people are going to feel uh, like it's not something they can tackle on their own. So you're always kind of trying to strike that balance of, you know, what's something that people love to eat that is familiar and comforting for them that they feel like they could possibly do at home that you can easily explain in five to eight minutes. <laughs> um, you know, and then, um, you know, and that's even at the very least somewhat different than something you've done before, even if it's, you know, so for example, I mean, we have on the, the website, potato gnocchi, rigotto gnocchi, spinach gnocchi. Um, I've got, there's got to be 10 different risotto recipes up there. Oh, hold on a second, um, Karen. Know, I just want to explain to Sean, gnocchi is like a potato based pasta, Sean. His face. <laughs> He's actually a comedian. He believes he actually tells jokes and makes money doing it too, which is fucking mind blowing to me. But anyway, <sighs> Jeff has no idea what it's like to actually make gnocchi, how fucking tedious it is to make it. I know what it's like to make sausage. My 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 wife's family is is first generation Italian here, and oh, so okay. you know, so so there would be like a weekend dedicated to making sausage. Okay, that's the weekend I would like. I'd be free, which was great. If I had to make the sausage, I'd probably hang myself with the rope. I couldn't. <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't imagine devoting a whole weekend to something like that. But I, you know, I love eating it. Or, or or how about the weekend? I'm sure your family, both of you guys must have gone through this, is the weekend of jarring the sauce. I was just going to say jarring right, the tomatoes. Right. Uh, wait, getting the, the delivery uh, earlier, like maybe a month or so earlier, of the mason jars. Yeah. Having mm-hmm. all the mason jars like in, in your house. And then the big weekend, like, listen, nobody's doing anything. Okay. We got the jar, the sauce, and, so, and then the, the, the dividing of the sauce. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. the sauce is actually- a big... I got to tell you a funny story and you'll actually appreciate this. Jeff was working bananas comedy club in Hasbro Heights, New Jersey. And my friend, my dear friend, Chris makes his own sauce every year. Right. And I get a text from him saying, you uh, work in bananas this weekend. Right. I said, yes, he lives close to there. And I go, what's going on? He goes, got a package for you. And I'm like, Oh, what's he got? He's got weed. Like, well, you know, like, what is he bringing? And like, he texts me, he goes, are you done? I'm like, yeah, he was meeting me in the parking lot. So I go meet him in the parking lot. He pulls up with his truck and hands me this bag of like 12 gigantic jars of sauce. Now, at the same time, five cop cars come flying into the parking lot of bananas because there was a bit apparently there was a disturbance inside the hotel. And they go, you guys, the ones that called the cops. And I go, no. He goes, what are you guys doing right now? I go. We're two fat Italian guys exchanging sauce in the parking lot of a comedy club. <laughs> and they go, what? And they walked over and looked in the bag and they go, I've never fucking seen this in my life. And they just laughed and parked their cop cars and went inside and arrested two people. Oh, my God. <laughs> true story. Not really funny, but it's a true story. No, it, no, it is wasn't funny. funny though, at all. I feel like it's so stereotypically New Jersey, too. It really is. Now, are you from North Jersey or South Jersey? I'm from North Jersey. 
Okay. Yeah. So, so am I. Jeff's, uh, Jeff lives in uh, Staten Island, which is kind of like, you know, South Bayonne. Yeah. As we call it. <laughs> it yes. is, but, but uh, the family's uh, predominantly from Brooklyn. And so, again, the, you know, sun, I, I got the whole thing with the, with the Sunday dinner and how important it is. In fact, uh, that's what my wife is doing right now. She's, she's getting stuff ready. We do this after the podcast every Sunday, um, unless I'm working, but that's not interesting at all. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about music because we are a music podcast. We, we are. Um, we are. So what do you, uh, what kind of music are you into? And like, do you incorporate a lot of music when you're actually cooking or something that you listen to while you cook as well? That's a good question. Yes. So I, um, I enjoy a wide range of music. Um, and at any point, kind of depending on the day and what I'm making, I mean, you'll get from country to Andrea Bocelli to hip hop to dance music, you know, it just kind of depends on what I'm doing, who I'm doing it with or for, um, you know, just whatever kind of mood I'm in that day to kind of keep spirits going or, or even if I'm just, uh, you know, cooking to relax, you know, it'll be something like a Nora Jones or some other, you know, kind of chill music. I'm getting right, this so awful image of Kara in her kitchen cooking Italian for all this gnocchi and Andrea Bocelli playing in the background. I'm like, could this be the most cliche Brooklyn, Jersey, Italian thing that I've ever heard in my life? No, if it was Jersey, if it was Jersey, it would be something very different. Like if it was like the old Sopranos school. would be on in the background. No, well, probably. Yeah. But, uh, Johnny Cox. <laughs> yeah, no, it would be like, uh, like Jimmy Roselli, like some old school Italian, real ba- bad. You went, back, you went far back with Jimmy Roselli. I went far back. Yeah, yeah I went really far Jerry back. Jerry Vale. You went Jimmy Jerry Vale. Yeah. <laughs> where'd, you go to, where'd you go to school, Kara? Uh, I went to Rutgers. So truly okay. Jersey girl, born and bred. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I mean, I'm surprised your hair isn't fucking out of frame. That's how Jersey you're actually acting right now. <laughs> it can be. It's not fully dry yet. I, you know, I had to prep it for tomorrow morning. <laughs> That's funny shit. I got a hard hitting question about mm-hmm. uh, about Italian food. You guys like uh, semolina bread? Yes. Well, how about you say it one more time without without fucking mumbling the words, you prick? You mean semolina <laughs> bread? Yeah, I'm just making sure I'm saying it right. Semolina. Yes. Semolina. Yes. Semolina. Like a, that, that's a that's a good Italian bread to have. Yes. That's that that's your hard hitting question. Well, listen, I'm, I I am a, a journalist. And uh, I wanted to I wanted to like ask the hard hitting questions to a chef, you know, as opposed to you know, Italian bread to semolina bread. I prefer semolina bread. And, I, you know, it's funny for me, I always kind of associate semolina bread as Italian bread. And I think a lot of times you get the other ones are more at least they're sold as like French loaves or something like that. Um, so, yeah, I've always kind of just tied that to being Italian. bread. I don't like a French loaf. No, neither do I. No, not, not on soft. Sunday. Too soft. too soft, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I got a good semolina. Now, do you <laughs> also like semolina pasta? Hmm. You know what? My, fa- my favorite pasta, I think, is probably rigatoni. Um, okay. So and, that is and, generally a semolina pasta. Yep. Oh, is it? Okay. Rigatoni and fusilli are my two favorite pastas. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. They're, so they're generally like a semolina pasta and it's run through an extruder. Yeah. I kind of think a gazette, like, like last weekend. You know, my wife was going to make ziti 
And, you know, and I was like, ZD is too calm. It's too boring. I was like, we, we need to jazz it up. Because okay? there's no, there was no pizzazz in the middle. And so she was going out to the store. I was like, well, you know, what? the other store is right there. You know, you can get like an interesting pasta. You know, I mean, if, if I have to go with ZD, I'll do it. You know, oh, and then, you didn't then get part, an interesting co-host. How about that? Yeah. Well, sure. I, I didn't finish the story. So she was gone. She, her suggestion was she was going to say a penny. And I was like, you know, a penny is kind of the same as a ZD. Not interesting. Boring. You know, like boring. So yes, I, I know what, what boring is, Jeff. So, so we wound up getting, she wound up getting this really great fusilli. And this is the type of, listen, Karen, when you're on an award-winning podcast, like this one, Okay. <laughs> All right. This is what people want to know. What what kind of pasta do you like to eat? What you know? What what, what what do you do? You know who's who's your talent booker? This is the thing that they want. What what kind of crumb cake does this guy eat? This is what people want to know about. It's true. Now let me ask you a question, Kara. And this is a serious question. Um, besides Italian food, what are your other uh, favorite uh, types of food to cook? That's a great question. Uh, so I um, I really enjoy like. Mexican or like South American inspired uh, dishes. I think they're a easy. They're b something that you can really quickly make and make healthy for you. Um, you know, so I think a lot of times people don't realize. Uh, you know, a, not for nothing, but a good plate of rice and beans, like with you know a nice uh, sofrito veggie, you know, based on those beans, and you know. You put in some fresh herbs and things like that. You've got a really well-rounded meal for like less than a dollar a serving even now. Um, you know, so I think there's always something to be said about those really basic um, dishes. Once in a while, I'll do a little bit um, of Asian-inspired food. So same thing. I think it's just something that you can um, really create flavorful, healthy dishes, um, you know, with the, that sort of theme to it or, or the things that we associate with uh, that part of the world. And is there something that you just do, just don't like to cook at all? Mm-hmm. Um, like it's a real pain in the ass kind of like a meal. You know what? I've never done anything in my house with like octopus or something like that. I enjoy it. I will eat it if it's offered on a menu, but it's just one of those things that I'm like, I'm not bringing that thing home, cutting it, cleaning it. Well, you know, it's a little more of a delicate uh, dish to make. I would love to try one day. Maybe if I had, you know, somebody else that who, uh, you know, a fishmonger who would come and prep it for me kind of a right, thing, right. Um, you know, or I had the, the time to really sit there and kind of play with it and perfect it and things like that. Um, so those probably just those more, I guess, um, I don't want to say exotic, but you know, things that you just don't think of making at home. Um, okay. Yeah. So like things that you would, I'm trying to think what else am I like? No, I'm not doing it. I, yeah. I'm not much of a baker. That would really kind of be the only other thing I would say. Okay. Like I make, I make a nice focaccia bread, you know, I'll, oh, I'll make bread. a couple of like, you know, like a blueberry quick bread in the summer or something if I need something for breakfast. But um, for the most part, I'm not one to be like, I'm going to create a cupcake recipe. I'm going to, I'm going to mess that up if I try that. Any, uh, any food, like, like kind of, uh, cuisine that you just don't care for at all? Like to even just go out to a restaurant, like there's something you would avoid like the plague. Is there anything like that that you would uh, not try and do? You know, I haven't met it yet. Um, I think I, I used to do, um, I used to feature food trucks um, when I was on local cable television here. Such and a one big of the- market for that now. 
Right. It's huge. It's huge. Um, and one of the guys was like an exotic meat truck and he, he I kind of got duped this one day. Um, it was supposed to be his beef burger, like a, like his, or his bison burger kind of a thing. Um, and we did the shot and I always take a, a nice bite at the end. And, you know, we, so we cut to commercial and I was like, burger tastes funny. Like it just, it, the texture was off the flavor. I was like, and he's like, oh yeah. He's like, I ran out of bison. That's my yak burger. And I was like, Whoop. <laughs> what's a yak burger? Like, it's yeah. yak meat. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You can make a burger out of that? You can make a Apparently. burger out of anything. <laughs> yeah. Kara, what's something that someone who has limited skills, okay, what's something that's simple, quick, and easy to make? Like what what like if you were gonna do an episode for someone like me, okay, where like I really do kind of sometimes have a hard time making toast. Okay, something that easy, but I can come off looking like I know what I'm doing. Honestly, like a, a pasta aglio olio, uh, oil and garlic. My I mean, favorite thing in the world. It's. Uh, I mean, you want to talk about a weeknight dinner, man? I, it's literally, it. um, you know, garlic as much as you want. Go crazy with it. People look at me like I'm nuts because I'll put like ten cloves of garlic in. I'm at, like at a, min- I, at a minimum. Yeah, at a yeah. Minimum. I'm like I, you know, depending on how many people I'm feeding, but I'm like there was never. I've never sat down to any plate of food ever and been like, there's too much garlic here. Never. I, it's just that time doesn't say that. <laughs> A real Italian no. doesn't say that. An Olive Garden uh, Italian might say that. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, it's literally just, you know, and you don't even have to chop the garlic if, you know, if your knife skills aren't there yet. You just just smash them and peel them, toss them in with a generous, I'm going to say a generous, a copious amount of olive oil. Um, you know, just put it on low, boil your pasta, you know, drain it and put it in with the oil, toss it all together and top it with cheese and, and red pepper flakes. That sounds She's actually pretty awesome. good. She's spot it's on. And if, you want, and if you want to take it a step forward, you can use garlic olive oil instead. Yeah, which I have, have like an infused oil or something that you do. Yes, I have a gallon of uh, uh, garlic olive oil on hand every single time in my house. I get it special. I, I made Amazon. a plate of it for myself last week, and I actually had. I was so generous with the oil and garlic. I had a ton of it left in the pan. I said, "I'm not throwing this out," and I just put it into a mason jar. Yeah, you have to. And you don't waste aside, that shit. And then the next three things that I made that needed garlic olive oil. That's what I was like. Oh, good. I have my my flavored olive oil here ready to roll. Jeff, I think you would appreciate this story. Actually, I had one bad experience at a restaurant. I was living in Hudson County at the time, and there was an Ethiopian restaurant mm-hmm. that my mother and wife used to love to go to. And they would go like if I had a gig or something, they would just go there. And there was one night they said, "Let's let's you know, do you want to go there?" I said, "You know what? I'll try it." Let's just, I'll give it a shot. I'll, I'll really try anything once. You know what I mean? And uh, so I go there and I'm, I'm sitting down. They order the food and the lady comes down. She's very, very sweet. Very, very nice. Uh, you could tell she was older. You know, she, it was her restaurant, maybe six tables, very, very small. So I'm looking around and there's no forks anywhere. So I'm looking around. I'm like, I don't understand this. And she, and she comes over and she's like, oh, she recognized them too. And she was like, oh, yeah, I don't know who you are, blah, blah, blah. And uh, so she goes, well, let me explain to you how the food is prepped. And it's mostly like, it's a lot of beans, Jeff, like a lot of like lentils and stuff like that. I don't like that. I don't like it either. So she, they had, uh, you know, on the table was like a huge piece of non bread, you know, kind of oh, like, like uh, yeah, that's good Indian bread. Right. So she, uh, she goes, let me explain to you how you do this. And she takes it, uh, breaks off a piece and she dips it in the lentils. And I'm like, okay, she's showing me how to do it. Uh, and then I turn my head 
And I have this seven-year-old Ethiopian grandmother with her gigantic ET fingers taking the naan that has the lentils on it and shoving it in my mouth. Like her fingers are two inches inside my mouth. Smelly fingers. It dirty, ashy, lentil-covered fingers. I gagged. I completely <laughs> gagged. And I said, I, I I was very rude. I go, I need a fucking fork. That's disgusting. And she felt, I, I feel bad. I actually made her feel bad because like she was just trying to show me her culture and show me how they do things like this. And first and last time I ever had Ethiopian. <laughs> That's a really unfortunate experience because Ethiopian food happens to be very good. Um, when it's well done and it is a, a you know a, an eat with your hands uh, sort of cuisine but that's that is a little unheard of i think it was to have it was really actually... it was really hurt it was actually like a me too movement it was it was really horrible that i felt it sounds like an oxymoron though ethiopian food <laughs> you know my uncle said the same thing when i, I went to a restaurant he was like that doesn't sound right <laughs> is your uncle a hack too kara no Oh. <laughs> just a smart ass. <laughs> oh, okay. Just wanted to clarify that. Um, <laughs> what's the most adventurous thing that you've uh, gone out and had an experience with? Like a, like a certain cuisine that you would be totally out of your wheelhouse that you never thought you would try? Um, uh, probably like, I don't even want to say Southern. I want to say more specifically like New Orleans. Like I've had like gator sausage oh. um, mm. and a couple of di- like different types of like gumbos with like thing where you're like. That's pretty good uh, stuff. You know, li- yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is all good. I, I really I'm trying to think of anything else. I mean, the Yak Burger was was probably the most wild thing, mostly really because it was just unexpected. Did you go? Um, did you eat Yak and go yuck? Yeah, no, yeah, it just wasn't it's like Ugh. it wasn't right initially. It wasn't even one of those things. You know, sometimes like you eat something, you're like, oh, this is really good. And then someone tells you what it is, and you're like, just kidding. Yeah. Yeah. And, like it wasn't even good in that first bite. I was like, something about Ugh. this is off. Yeah, I was very I, I, like I'm I'm a weird Italian in the way that I didn't have broccoli rob for the first time until like 10 years ago. Like, wow. like we didn't we we didn't have like a lot of things like Oh my grandmother died when I was twelve. So like, yeah, but you never you never went to a place and had a a, a broccoli rob roll, a broccoli rob roll. Yes, like I'm, uh, okay, I'm not sure what that is. Yeah, really. Is, is it a Staten Island thing, Jeff? No, it's 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 a pizzeria thing, and in a, in a pizzeria, I, Kara, I used to work in a pizzeria. Okay. Okay, and you know. I wanted to just get this party because it's maybe the only show I'll ever tell this story. When I was in college, I would come, I would come home, uh, come from school, and I would get like a bowl of sauce and about a half a loaf of fresh Italian bread, and all I do is just dip. And I love that; it's my favorite thing. It's my it's right? the best part, right? But in this pizzeria, they you know you have you only know, have a spinach loaf, you have you know, rolled, you have a chicken palm roll. They had a broccoli rob roll. And, you know, and it, it wasn't too bad. And then, like, I, I like would get used to eating broccoli rob like as a side dish. But you never, had, you never had broccoli rob until ten years ago. Sure, yeah, like I was very, yeah, it was very late. There was a lot of things I didn't really try. Um, you know, because I think when you're younger, you have this uh, preconceived notion that some things are really like just not good. You know, right. or they just look funny or stuff like that. Or if you had maybe you had a bad experience or something like that. Like I didn't have, I didn't have a sweet potato until like five years ago. What now the I fuck have is like, wrong with you? I, I swear to God. What, 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 now, what are you, like now a I have veal? A, 
<laughs> but now I have like I have it like at least once or More twice a week. I have sweet potato. Yeah, I know. Um, but yeah, I feel like I think the older that you get, I think that your palate changes a little bit. That's oh, true. Uh, I think, and, and like I went to, uh, like I said, my nephew was a chef. He was the uh, personal chef to the owner of the Philadelphia Eagles for oh, a long wow. time. And now he's he's opened restaurants, and you know he's got his own place and stuff like that. So uh, I trust him implicitly when it comes to to food, you know, and he took us to this place in uh, the city called hearth. And I said, okay, um, you're going to order any, everything. And I had like bone marrow for the first time in my life. Oh, and I so never, good. Isn't that good? I, I never, ever in my life, if you told me at, at 17 years old, that I would be like sucking the insides of a bone of a dead cow, <laughs> I would never, I mean, I look like I do, but I never thought I would actually do it. And it was amazing. I mean, there's some things that like I, I still can't do. I just I, I still can't get past the certain things. Like if we go to like a Rodizio restaurant where they're passing all the food around and one time there was chicken hearts mm. that came around and I just I gagged a little bit. I just I couldn't do it. And my friend made a great point. He goes, the heart's leanest muscle in the body. Why wouldn't you want to eat it? Did you have eat tripe? No, I never ate tripe. I'm, I'm one of those. Um, I, I had a very strange experience with tripe. I know what it is. I know like my grandfather used to love it, and I I can still kind of smell it from what like they would they would cook it, and it just it, it gagged me. You know, and, I don't think that was a tripe. I think you were knocked out, and I think your grandfather was kind of like a little frisky. Well, that's really <laughs> over the line. Okay, so. Um, <laughs> At least that's what I'm hoping happened to you. Because that happened. Um, anyway, no. Uh, like, I remember going to, like, a family party, and uh, my sister-in-law was there, and I thought that I was literally eating, like, uh, uh, like rollatini, like, just something, like, like stupid, you know? Right. And I grabbed it, and I cut a piece, and I had it up to my mouth. And this is when I knew that I actually... I fell in love with my sister-in-law. I love her to death. And I, this is the actual moment when I, when I actually realized I, how much I loved her is I have the piece like this and I'm going like this. And she goes, I didn't know you eat tripe. And I went like that and I dropped the fork <laughs> and it splattered everywhere all over me. I can't do it. There's certain so things I can't do. Both of those things that you mentioned, it's really funny. So there, and I don't know if you know, like what region of Italy your family is from. Both yes, of those things are, are very like typical of Northern cuisine. So I, I think in terms of, of both Italians and Italian Americans, I kind of have a, a unique perspective where um, my dad's side of the family is from Abruzzo, which is the region due east of Rome. My mom's yep, side yeah, of the family exactly. is from Piemonte, which is the region that borders France. So I really kind of have this like Northern Southern, you yes. know, cuisines, you know, kind of a, a unique experience. So um I have been able to better wrap my head around eating heart and liver and organs and things like that from a lot of like the pâtés and stuff that they do mm-hmm. up north. Like I, I, a chicken liver pâté is, uh, there's nothing better. I mean, it's so yeah, you'll delicious. Never, ever, me, ever Cara. get into it. You are killing me. Oh, my, I hate uh, when that my, comes around. My wife's oh, family is so- actually from Abruzzo too. Oh, really? oh, no kidding. Yeah, they're from uh, Giulianova in Abruzzo. And my uh, on my side is they're from Barry and from Olfetta. Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So not too, Barry's not too far. Right. But, um, but you do taste the differences. Also, and the differences the, yeah, in the no, northern for sure. The, the, the cuisines are definitely, they're, they're unique, really. And, um, you know, one of the other things that we did, I also, I do culinary tours of Italy. Again, one of those things that kind of got a little postponed by the, by the pandemic. But we, we just did our most recent one last October. Actually, we got it in before the whole Omicron thing. 
Um, but there's a, um, you know, there's a huge indoor market in Florence. And one of the things that they do is they make this like tripe sandwich, but they just, I mean, they just uh, let it sit and stew for hours. So it's super, t- on, I mean, mate. you walk past this thing and then you can get a red or a green sauce with it. It's on this hearty roll. It smells amazing. They literally had to drag me away from the stall. I was like, I need one of these. <laughs> it no. smells mm, so no, that's good. Different. That's where we differ. Yeah, yeah, Can't that's, do it. That, 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 that's, I'm sorry, Karen. That's that that that's. Listen, I'll, thought, I'll eat veal every day. I'll eat. I'll. I don't care. Veal is good. I don't care how veal is good. I feel like that's not you know. I don't care how young that little baby calf is. I'll slaughter that shit. I'll never eat tripe. <laughs> no, it, it, it's it's in isn't it like intestines? It's, it's the cow intestine. Cow Cow stomach, get out of here, man! Eating cow stomach. Then, they, then, like, like, in, like when you go to a deli, they'll won't they sell cow tongue? Isn't and, and just called tongue? Yes. Get out! I don't. Yeah, I can't do. I mean, listen, I can't do like the the brains and the tongues and no. the liver stuff like that. I just I can't physically do. No, because we're just, not savages. <laughs> oh, but you got to understand. Well, okay. Here's the perspective, though, just just for, you know, food for thought kind of a thing. Is it more savage to kill an animal and throw those things out than it is to make use of them? True. And that's a good point, because you got to remember, too, a lot of these cuts of meat and stuff like that were for the poor people, you know, yes. growing up. Poor man's you know? so food. Like, poor man's food. Exactly. So, like, they would be able to afford the brains and the chicken feet and the the livers and all that shit. Like I can remember vividly growing up and skirt steak was like $4 a pound, $3 a pound until people realized, holy shit, this is the most delicious part of the freaking cow. And now it's, I literally went to the store the other day, it was $23 a pound. Yes. It's mind blowing. It's absolutely mind blowing to me. You know, and it, we might, at this point, like, you know, kind of looking at what those, some of those food prices are. I mean, there may, I would almost want to see it just to kind of like watch the cultural shift happen, but who knows, maybe there will be a shift in this country toward those cheaper, cheaper cuts of meat that people kind of have come away from now that they've been doing better for themselves, you know, for a generation or two. I think that's absolutely true. Um, no more to ask you uh, about is making pizza because everyone seems to be making their own Pizzas having pizza ovens in their own backyard. Pizza ovens are becoming like the thing that people seem to be buying. They're cheaper than ever. Any suggestions on how to how to make a pizza for a guy? Because I think this is going to be the summer. I'm going to be making pizzas in the backyard. Making pizzas in the backyard. So I actually have not uh, invested in the back uh, backyard uh, pizza oven, but I have a couple of friends who have, and they all swear by them. Um, and in that case, I would just kind of follow, at least for now, follow the, um, you know, the, the instructions that come with whatever oven you purchase, cause they're all going to vary slightly. But we did do a video, um, with a friend of mine who owns a pizzeria and he just kind of really laid out how to do like good pizza at home. Um, you know, how to make your own fresh dough kind of a thing. And then a lot of the tips that he really gave was he said, um, if you don't want to do, you know, the four or five, $600 pizza oven invest in the $30 pizza stone. Um, That's the, right. The ceramic I, I saw that. Yeah. And he says, you know, crank your oven up as hot as you can get it. Get that stone in there, preheat it. Um, you know, you you're going to stretch it. 
Yeah. Or do it on the barbecue. I've done grilled pizzas before. I do them almost every summer and they always are a big hit. They come out delicious. And same thing. It's just, you know, it's just getting that heat cranked up as high as you can. Um, you know, so it doesn't even really take that long to cook. So even in the oven, uh, you know, 15 minutes, 20 minutes tops and, and you should be good to go. It, you know, what's really cool isn't like when you have like the Nutella pizza. Oh yeah. <laughs> that is That's good. like a fun dessert. It is. And you can do a lot with that too. You can do, you know, with, well, strawberries are coming into season now. Bananas are always around in this area. Um, you know, it's pizza, dough, pizza and pizza dough are great because again, it's just a really versatile food or I like, to, <laughs> I, would, I like to refer to things that like pasta, rice, pizza doughs, things like that is like a vehicle for getting something else in your mouth. So especially if you've got kids and they're picky, you exactly. know, try like, toss some veggies on their pizza and see how that goes or even puree them into the tomato sauce and put it on the pizza or on the pasta. And like, you know, you have to kind of like sneak it in there once in a while. Any goals about opening your own restaurant? Um, that the short answer is no. For a long time, I always said I never actually wanted my own restaurant because as you had mentioned with your nephew, just the, the amount of time and labor and blood, sweat and tears that goes into something like that. Um, but since we had mentioned food trucks, I, that's one of those things where, you know, just this year, it, it kind of occurred to me, I was like, gee, you know, a food truck kind of strikes that balance of, you know, I'm able to prepare and serve my own food without the level of overhead without, uh, you know, yes, it's smaller, but it's also, uh, you know, a little more personal. And, and, you know, so it was one of those things that I, you know, really just started kind of putting some feelers out to see like who else might be interested in kind of going on a, uh, on a venture and an adventure like that with me. Um, but yeah, no, it, it just recently was became something where I was like, you know, I, I really discovered through the pandemic that I, I enjoy as much as I enjoy creating videos for people. I'm really starting to enjoy cooking and serving food for friends and family for the people I love. And I I'm looking into, you know, trying to find other ways to do that. So I've actually started doing, um, I do some pop-up dinners here and there. So when I have a free cool. uh, space and, and a plan, you know, I'll do, you know, again, through the pandemic, we did 10 tickets tops. Um, yeah. and so that I had could space everybody out. So now I'm hoping to make them a little bit bigger, um, going forward, but something like that. And, and I like that scenario. Cause I, set the menu. Everybody knows what it's going to be. You know, if people need a vegetarian option or something, they can always email me and let me know. But we, you know, I try to do stuff like that where it's like, Hey, you know, come out, you know, buy the ticket. I'm going to cook for you. This is the menu. And, you know, so I'm kind of getting my feet wet with, with stuff like that. That's a very cool. cool. My nephew does that too, actually. He, he actually made a good coin doing that, doing the private, uh, the private chef thing. Good coin. <laughs> well, I will tell you one thing though. Uh, I have a question for the two of you. Hold on a second, Sean. Yeah. Because I want, I want to, you know, before I forget, do, do either one of you, since you guys both cook, do either one of you find cooking to be therapeutic? A thousand percent. Absolutely. And, thousand just, and just explain a little bit, like, you know, is it like when you're in a bad mood, when you're depressed, is, you know, like, like, what is it about cooking that maybe kind of like calms you down, puts you in a different spot? Like what, what is it about cooking? The main thing for me is that I'm fat and always hungry. So when I'm fat. hungry, when I'm hungry, I'm angry. So when I cook and then I eat, I'm not angry. That's what it comes down to. <laughs> what if no, you're in a bed? It is, bed, 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 bed very therapeutic. 
Yeah, it depends. You know, bad co-host. It's um, it's very therapeutic for me because, like, you know, you're taking. Think of it this way, Jeff, and let's let's bring it back to comedy, okay? You have an idea for a joke, okay? You have an idea where you want to go for the joke, and you start with the basics, and then you're going to start adding on to it and building into it, and then seeing if something doesn't work in the joke. Okay, then you might put something else into the joke as well. And then when it's all said and done, once you've tried it and tried it and tried it and you've perfected it, you have something that's tangible. And that's a really good uh, thing that you can not, I can say, serve to people, but it's kind of what you do when you're telling a joke, you serve it to people, right? It's the same thing with cooking. If you're trying out something that's not like a standard dish, you know what I mean? And you know, if you're saying, okay, so I need a little more uh, acidity over here, I need to put a little more salt over here, blah, blah, blah. For me, it's kind of like it's creative. It actually is very creative to me. And I don't like to do like boring shit either. Like I'll if I see something that sparks my eye on television, I'll tweak it and do it myself. Like I'll, if I see like I watch I, Sunday mornings, I always say a Sunday morning cooking shows. And that's what I do every Sunday morning. I'll put on like uh, the Pioneer Woman or Valia Bertinelli or something like that and try and just spark something. I never knew that about you. I mean, we've been doing the show for over two years. I didn't yeah. get up every Sunday morning then watch cooking shows. I had no clue that you did that. <laughs> it was, it was, I, I know you like to eat. I get it. We all right. get it. But I didn't know. Well, now, you got liked... a, now you got a new show you're going to have to to watch on Sunday mornings. I'm, that's I, I, don't, I, don't, I, I, I'll, I'll watch your show, Kara. <laughs> Definitely. I would love you. to see you on one of the networks. Tell us about how is it therapeutic for you? So I, for and I, I do, you know, like what you said, I, um, I find it therapeutic, like really across the board. So it's like, if I'm, you know, sad and I just need something to kind of be slow and simple and, you know, and it's like, you know, I can take my time and just really chop this onion and not, you know, kind of mull over in my head, whatever's going on. Or, um, you know, if I'm angry, like there's not better than smashing garlic when you're like, you know, just whacking the crap out of it. You? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And that's the thing about cooking that I hate is I, I find it very tedious, but you're talking about it like you're reveling in it. Yeah. It's a process. Yeah, that's, oh. that's it. The whole process. Yeah. And then think that like even, you know, like I said, with like when I'm happy and it's like, oh my gosh, I just want, you know, for me and and actually um, it, I got to interview Lydia Bastianich on my show one time and she was just saying, watched her. She's fucking brilliant. I oh love my gosh, her. She's everyone's Italian grandmother and I love her to yeah. bits. She's just the most amazing human. And she said, food is a love language. And I was like, oh my God, if that is not the freaking truth, like, you know, if, if I, you know, if I'm cooking you a meal and I'm really like, you know, trying to show, like, that is 110% my way of showing you, you know, my affection for you. It's like, this is my time, my yeah. effort, my creativity, 100%. um, you know, and, and for that, like, those are always the meals that turn out the best too, right. When they come from that place of love and or it's like, yeah. you know, yeah, like, you know, I, so I wanted easy. to make this pasta for you. It's so easy to pick up a phone and order pizza or order Chinese food when people come over. But like you said, if you're having people over and whether it's two people or four or six people and you're taking that time out of your time, because, listen, it's nothing is quick anymore. It takes you a lot of it takes you time to prep everything, to buy everything. To and that's showing a sign of love without question, without question. It's an actual sign of love when you're cooking for somebody. It, it, it kind of sucks when it sucks. You know what I mean? When the food kind of sucks, but you know, we don't 
our, the food that we cook doesn't suck. You know what I mean? Like I've been to, I've, I've, I've been at dinner parties where people have cooked and I was like, oh, this is great. And like, a, like five minutes when I was gone, I was at McDonald's because it was just disgusting. <laughs> you know what I mean? But uh, it's, a, it is a, a very relaxing, uh, creative. I mean, I just keep saying the word creative because it's, because you're it is a work of art. Uh, no, I actually made money this weekend doing comedy. Um, no, it's it's more like uh, it's he makes these dumb statements that that are just so unbelievably true, untrue actually. No, it was true, Jeff. Um, but no, anyway, getting back, getting back. Who is your um, who are your top three favorite uh, chefs on TV? Um, besides Lydia, yeah, <laughs> Lydia, Lydia is definitely up there. Um, you know, God keep him. Anthony Bourdain was just the most incredible. And, and again, I, he was the most incredible storyteller. And I just, you know, and it was like, you know, food was the framework in which he, he told those stories. But again, for me, um, the chef aspect of him was one thing, but that storytelling, that journalism aspect, you know, again, cause that's that other world that I come from. Um, you know, I just thought he did the most beautiful job. Um, and the other person who's, you know, I guess like that third place spot might be uh, tied a little bit between like, uh, a Giada or an Anne Burrell or just one of these, like, uh, you know, kind of more young, modern female chefs who, you know, um, it, I, what I like with Giada is she's also kind of taking that like Italian, Italian, American cuisine, making it healthier, making it more modern, making it quick and easy for everybody. Um, to do at home while keeping it authentic. Is Guy Fieri any good? He's, he's not good my personality. He's a good uh, personality. He's not my style, but he's a good personality. And I've I've always heard that he's wonderful to work with, that he's good to his staff, that he's, you know, and that he is actually a very good um, I know a lot of his shows are not even him necessarily cooking anymore. Is it's like him out on the road yeah. and, and searching other restaurants and things like that? But supposedly he's also a, just an incredible chef that really, uh, you know, he doesn't do a lot of like the competition shows and things like that, but could no. easily. No, he uh, he actually uh, raised tremendous amount of money for the uh, for the food service industry during COVID. I mean, I'm yeah. talking like tens and tens of millions of dollars yeah. to go to workers while while everybody was shut down during COVID too. It's certain people oh, I can't stand. Shit on them. What's that? Makes it hard to kind of shit on him now. Yeah, like you know, you know what it is? He's like he's flamboyant. Like he's flamboyant. He has the stupid hair, the the, the chain chokers, yeah, and the like. flame shirts. But you know what? Yeah. That's part of the gimmick. But you know what? He's a good dude. He's a good person. You know, and that, that, that says a lot. Like he's not, you know, he's not Bobby Flay. Bobby Flay's a piece of shit. I've met him. He's, he's a horrible human <laughs> being. Why do you, now why do you say that? Cause that's what I was going to go. He's an arrogant prick. He's an arrogant prick. And his burgers are not that good. I can make a better burger than him. <laughs> I think my favorite is, uh, I love Alex Corner Shelley. I'm a big fan of her. Uh, I think she's a, a very talented chef. And uh, I don't know. I think you're, uh, I think you can probably get your own show at this point. I think you should start pushing for your own show. You have the personality. You can talk. Definitely. Which is very important. And you know, know the stories. I'm not a fan of Giada. I call her the tooth monster. I Everybody's got something to say about her face. So they're like either her forehead, She's her gorgeous. nose. And I'm like, what's wrong with this woman? No, she is drop dead gorgeous. But she has like eight extra teeth in her mouth. Her smile <laughs> is this wide. What's her name? Giada. Giada. 
Giada, Giada De, uh, De Laurentiis. Her grandfather was a very famous uh, movie producer. You know, De, or movie producer. De Laurentiis? You know De Laurentiis, was a grandfather, yeah. yeah. He, he produced King Kong. Yeah, that's going yeah. away. You, you saw it when it came out, right? Not the original one, stupid. The one in, in the 70s with Jessica Lange. <laughs> it was so dumb. Why do we do this show with this guy? I don't know. I, don't, I see this standing every week. But uh, listen, I actually had a lot of fun with this episode. I really did. I know we said we, we don't talk about music. But we actually talked zero about music. You gave us the most vague fucking music answers ever on our podcast. I'm but so sorry. I don't care. No, I don't care. And I said this to Jeff ahead of time. I was like, you know, Mike, Mike booked a, a chef. And I said, you know, we're not fucking talking music today. We're going to talk about food. And that's that's the universal language, because you know what? Not everybody drinks, right? Not everybody smokes. Not everybody does drugs, but everybody eats. So it That's is it. the universal language. It, it, Indeed, is, it is our most common ground. And I think that was, you know, kind of going back to Bourdain and, and even what I like to do. I mean, it's it's one of those things that everybody can relate to. Like, you know, you got to sit down at some point in the day and eat something, you know? So it's right. like, might as well make it good. Might as well make it flavorful. Might as well do it with people you love. Like, it's just, True. you know, it's like, how can I take these 30 minutes? And even if you only get one meal a day, you know, heaven forbid, but it's like, how do I, you know, uh, maximize this part of my day? Very cool. I usually ask this one question at the end of uh, podcasts when, when I talk about music and musicians, but I'm going to ask you a different version of it. Um, okay. If you can cook in a kitchen with three chefs, who would it be? Oof. Um, the same day, if you had, if you had the opportunity to learn from three different chefs, who would it be? Oh man. Yeah. And it's so funny because so part of what I do is, is, you know, having other chefs come and, and show recipes and things like that. So I, I've like, it's like, I've had such a wonderful opportunity to do just that. Um, honestly, I think the first person that comes to my mind really would be my great grandmother just to have yeah. her, like, she, you know, I wasn't old enough when she passed that I wasn't doing this yet. And I hadn't, gotten all of that information from her you know remember her doing it um but i never really sat with her and like asked for the details so i think that would definitely be my my number one um three right we said yeah i still think i like i think if anything i would love to go um you know just to or for me to italy and find those, you know, little grandmas tucked away in, you know, corner alleys working over, you know, open fires or something like that. And just kind of see like, how do you guys do this? Like how is like, or, or even, um, those, uh, people who are like a, a tribal people where, you know, it's like, oh man, like, you know, they're cooking their whole meal with a machete and a single copper pot. Over and like, I'm like, I want to learn how to do that. Like that just, I just want to watch it. It looks amazing right. and fascinating. Have you ever been to the, uh, there's a great restaurant in Staten Island. I don't know if you ever heard of it. It's called Inateca Maria. I've been there. Yeah. I, you know what? I feel like I've heard of it, but I have not been there. Tell so the concept. They don't have a chef. They have okay. grandmothers who come in. 
and they rotate and they rotate them and they cook and you eat whatever freaking cute idea oh my god i'm there whatever they whatever they cook is what you're eating there's no menu you go in and next sunday we gotta go (laughs) in fact sean on friday i'm actually taking off uh i got tickets to see uh it was 50 years ago today it's a band that's comprised of Todd Rudgren, Christopher Cross, Jason Sheff from Chicago, Denny Lane from Wings. Yep. And they toured doing Beatles. Uh, yeah, I just stuff. saw that. They're doing the Walmart yeah. thing or something, right? Yeah, they, they they did it a couple of years ago before the pandemic, and they did the White Album. On this tour, they're doing uh, Revolver and Rubber, Rubber Soul. Soul. Yep. And the restaurant that Sean mentioned is next door to it. So I think we're going to wind up going there before the show. It's a brilliant concept. It really is because yeah, it's a fantastic idea. Yeah. And like they'll, you go on the website and it'll say, you know, Nona Maria is going to be here on Wednesday and she's making, uh, you know, soya tells for, for dessert and she's doing this for, and oh. it's a brilliant, brilliant. Con- it's hard to get a reservation. It was for a long time. It was like a six to eight month waiting list to get into this place because oh, it was such a great concept. And I don't think yeah. anybody done it, you know? Yeah, but I, knew I think it it's does. What's that? <laughs> I knew a guy. Knew a I was going to say that was the most Staten Island thing. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So why don't you give uh, our listeners your social media handles so they can follow you and uh, get some insight as to uh, what you're doing next? Yeah, absolutely. So um, everything is basically under my name. So it's at Cara DeFalco on Facebook and Instagram. Um, YouTube channel is Cara's Cucina is the name of the show. Um, and same thing, the website is caradefalco.com. You can find all the recipes there and all the videos and things like that. Um, I am, I am also teaching cooking classes. So I have a couple of classes coming up at Sweet Expressions by Jerry in Denville, New Jersey. Um, okay. so you can check their website for that. And then I'm doing a, an event April 11th, uh, at uh, 317 Main Street in Farmingdale, Long Island. Um, that is their fork cancer event. So we are raising money to fight cancer. Fantastic. It, Sean, it's called fork cancer. It's a, it's a play on words. Yes. Yes. Um, I can't stand him. I want you to understand this, Carrot. Um, this is the last episode we're ever doing. That's it. You're done. You quit. Yeah, no. Trust me. It's been coming. We've been on our no. last episode for about two years already. This was supposed <laughs> to only be a one show deal. <laughs> I actually had a lot of fun doing this, Gary. I really did. Because I love talking about food. I mean, you make fat jokes or whatever. It's fine. It's no big deal. But food is really an integral part of people's lives. And, you know, if you can, if you learn something from a chef or something from somebody who knows how to cook, you pass it on. And, you know, what? all you're doing is passing on great information to other generations. So I, I commend you for what you're doing. Thank you. Thank you. No, this was great. You guys were a blast. <laughs> Good. I'm glad you joined us. We really appreciate you taking the time out. We really My do. pleasure. All right. All right everybody. Everybody, guys. We'll be back next week with uh, Sean Donnelly is joining us. Great comedian and, and also a chef. Oh, is he? No. Okay. <laughs> All right, guys. We will catch you next week with Sean. Thank you very much, Carrie DeFalco, for joining us. Guys, follow Carrie. She's great. Take care, everybody. See you later. <laughs>